from Australia. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au. Hey, thanks for rolling up. Not just for the news, but your sleeve. VK4 double B or double jab in the new vernacular. It is the national news. It is October 31 edition of VK's national news broadcast from your Wireless Institute of Australia. And yes, it is the best news you'll get all week. So grab a cup of coffee, and I think this week you'll only need a short one, and we'll get into the news. Now, we're going to start off where we ended off last week, when we made mention how only two groups thought it newsworthy enough to send reports to the WIA News on their Joder activity. Nick Quigley, OAM, VK4CNQ, has dropped us a most interesting note on Jota, where the ham ops came from over five and a half hours drive away to participate and start up Jota. Now, Nick, a fellow Vietnam vet, is heavily involved with Coxcomb Veterans Bush Retreat, a safe harbour open to all serving and ex-military and all emergency services and their families. It's also open to civilian service groups for meetings and conferences in the Rockhampton district. Now, the Chinchilla Scout Group go up to Coxcomb every year for a 10-day camp. This year, they visited Keppel Island, went caving, visited Emu Park Memorial Walk and had a great time. VK4CNQ was talking to Leanne Fitzgerald, the District Commissioner for Chinchilla and Surrounds, and heard they were not having Jota as such because they didn't know any amateurs in the region. So Nick said, I'll come down. Now, Nick's walking and breathing isn't as good as it was in earlier times, but he travelled with Robert Holmes, Coxcomb President, and they set up a Jota station, including as centrepiece a CW Ops position. I think everybody had a go on the key that Jota weekend and came back next day for more and so many came by just to thank us for bringing Morse to their Jota. Now, I'm pretty sure there would have been amateurs in the region round Warwick, Miles, Gundawindi, Pittsworth, Milmarran, Roma, Chinchilla and Dolby. And I know dealing with kids is not everybody's forte. But remember, only amateurs make Jota possible. And that note in from Nick Quigley, OAM, VK4CNQ. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. On the education front, and here we go again. Ireland's ham exam may get new overseer. In Ireland, the regulator is seeking applicants to oversee the amateur radio exam there. This after regulator Comreg notes the current agreement expires with the Irish Amateur Radio Transmitter Society in December. The Harmonised Amateur Radio Certificate, or HAREC, is to be set, organised and corrected by whoever enters into the new agreement with the regulator afterward. The Ham Society, IRTS, has been administrating the 60-question HAREC exams on paper. There has been no option to take the exams online. A report on the Southgate Amateur Radio News website noted, however, that the Radio Society of Great Britain has been using a Dublin-based provider for its own online exams. So, let's see what happens in Ireland. It is the WIA National News, and remember your three Ws. Wash your hands, wear your mask, and watch your distance. Now, international news with Jason, Victor Kilo 2, Lima Alpha Whiskey. 
Hello. Commencing international news from Region 1. On October 24th last Sunday, just after this WIA national news went to bed, a new executive committee was elected on the final day of the IARU Region 1 conference and workshop. The new IARU Region 1 Executive Committee includes President Sylvain Azarian, Foxtrot 4, Golf Kilo Romeo, Vice President Hani Rad, Oscar Delta 5, Tango Echo, and Secretary Matt Selspling, Sierra Bike 6, Echo Alpha November. News on AM Radio. A recent British government publication states that AM Radio reaches around 3% of listeners responsible for a considerable part of the electricity bill of the UK radio industry, which is calculated to consume around 115 gigawatt hours a year of energy at an estimated £16 million per annum on electricity for transmission. That is the electrical energy equivalent to that being used by 30,000 households, and this represents around 0.03% of UK energy use. Of this, around three quarters of the energy is used for analogue radio broadcasts and one quarter for digital radio broadcasts. Most of the radio stations provided as analogue broadcasts are duplicated on DAB transmission networks, which also carry many digital-only services. The Department for Culture, Media and Sport report states that only FM is to be retained until 2030. It recommends that the UK's three national medium wave networks be closed in the mid-2020s, though the final decision is to be left to the individual broadcasters. New Museum to recognise Warsaw radio station that was the second biggest in the world. In memory of what was once the second tallest radio transmission station in the world, scientists are looking to set up a museum to commemorate its history. Built after Poland regained independence at the end of the First World War, by 1923 half of Europe were sending telegrams to the USA via the Transatlantic Radio Telegraphic Broadcasting Centre in Warsaw. Consisting of 10 massive 126 metre tall towers, over 430 feet, the radio station's transmitter was powerful enough to reach both North and South America. The Warsaw Station was also one of the best equipped in the world with two machine transmitters of 200 kilowatts each being powered by a 500 kilowatt diesel powered generator ensuring 24 hour communications with the US. When World War II broke out following Hitler's invasion of Poland, German troops captured the station allowing the Nazis to communicate with their U-boat fleets and with Japan. At the end of the war, they destroyed it, the detonation of which broke windows of houses over 16 kilometres away. In news from Region 2, how your phone, laptop or watch can be tracked by their Bluetooth transmissions. Over the past few years, mobile devices have become increasingly chatty over the Bluetooth Low Energy BLE protocol, and this turns out to be somewhat of a significant privacy risk. Seven boffins at University of California, San Diego, tested the BLE implementations on several popular phones, PCs and gadgets, and they found they can be tracked through their physical signalling characteristics, albeit with intermittent success. That means the devices may emit a unique fingerprint, meaning it's possible to look out for those fingerprints in multiple locations to figure out where those devices have been and when. This could be used to track people. 
You'll have to use your imagination to determine what would or could hopefully exploit this. That said, at least two members of the team believe it's worth product makers addressing this privacy weakness. The academics described their findings in a paper called Evaluating Physical Layer BLE Location Tracking Attacks on Mobile Devices, which is scheduled to be presented at the IEEE Symposium on Security and Privacy in 2022. What's up? The US Federal Communication Commission has given approval to wireless charging technology from a San Jose, California company. Energis Corporation sought approval for its 900 megahertz 1 watt active energy harvesting transmitter that enables wireless transfer of power. The US regulatory agency's OK follows similar approval granted in Europe this past May. The transmitter known as WattUp is able to charge several devices at the same time and is seen as key to the growth of devices reliant on the Internet of Things. The company heralded the move on its website praising WattUp as, quote, the world's first and only regulatory approved wireless charging technology that supports near and far field wireless power transfer. And wrapping up international news from Region 3, Radio Ham restores emergency comm system. The Hindu reports radio amateur Shibu George has rejuvenated a radio communication system for disaster management. The Hindu newspaper says a radio wireless network system, which was installed more than a decade ago in 2009 in all district headquarters in the state, but abandoned later due to poor range and lack of proper maintenance, has been rejuvenated to effectively coordinate rescue operations even in adverse weather conditions. Shibu George, an employee of DEOC, District Emergency Operations Centre in Trissa, who is doing his research in disaster management, redeveloped the system with necessary upgrading which can make disaster management faster and effective during calamities. Now, all seven taluks in Trissa District are connected to the collectorate through the radio system. The radio wireless system will even function, even when the mobile network and even satellite phone connection develop snags in adverse weather conditions. The system was effectively used in the district to coordinate relief operations during the floods last week, said Mr George. Shibu George, who's doing his PhD research in modern applications in disaster management based in Corella floods 2018, happened to stumble upon the novel idea quite accidentally. He noticed the abandoned dust-covered repeater lying somewhere in the Trissa Collectorate control room. Mr George, who is a ham radio licence holder, sought the help of CS Sarat Chandran, radio officer, and the duo with permission of the then Trissa District Collector S. Shanavas, made the repeater functional. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, operational news with Felix, VK4FUQ. Hello there. This contest is happening now. CQ Worldwide is the largest amateur radio competition in the world. Over 35,000 participants take the airwaves on SSB during the last weekend of October and CW later in November, with the goal of making as many contacts with as many different DXCC entities and CQ zones as possible. 
This year's Mammoth Contest is held this weekend of the 30th and 31st of October. Spring VHF UHF Field Days, November 27-28. CQ Worldwide CW Contest, November 27-28. December 4 and 5, 160 metres worldwide. December 11, 12, 10 metres worldwide. 2022. January, the entire month every year, is the WIA Ross Hull VHF UHF Marathon Contest. 0, 0, 0, 0 hours UTC 1 January 2.23.59 hours UTC 31st January WIA VHF UHF Field Days Summer 2022 100 hours UTC Sunday 15 January through 0, 0, 59 hours UTC Sunday 16 January Deficit BK6 John Moore Memorial Field Day March 2022 Hero Angel Memorial 80 Minute Sprint, Saturday 7th of May 2022. 10 hours UTC to 11.46 UTC. VK Shires Contest, 11 June 2022. WIA VHF UHF Field Days, Winter 2022. 0200 hours UTC, Saturday 25 June. Through 0159 UTC, Sunday 26 June. Devers and BK6. WIA Trans-Tasman Low Bend Contest, 16 July 2022. The Trans-Tasman Contest held on the third weekend in July aims to encourage low bend activity between VK and ZL. WIARD or Remembrance Day Contest, weekend closes to the 15th of August each year. 2022, it's Saturday, Sunday, August 13 and 14. DX Window, North from Alaska. VY0ERC from the Eureka Weather Station is operated by the Eureka Amateur Radio Club, probably the most northerly located amateur radio club in the world. From Eureka, Nunavut. Eureka is a small research base on Ellesmere Island in the Canadian Territory of Nunavut. It is the third northernmost permanent research committee in the world. Eureka has the lowest average annual temperature and the lowest amount of precipitation of any weather station in Canada. To give you an idea of just how far north, it's about the same distance north of Anchorage in Alaska as the Panama Canal is south. Work this one and you have achieved something special. The VY0ERC team, V1AUS and V3KTB, is active from the Polar Environment Atmospheric until November 22nd and plans to be in today's CQ Worldwide DXSSB and also the AWRL Sweepstakes Contest. Outside of the contest, the suggested bands are 40 and 20 metres as well as FM satellites. QSL via M0OXO, OQRS or Direct. VK20 Home. Don't forget that the WA Special Event Call Sign VK20 Home is still available for members' use until December 31st, 2021. Check the WIA website and Special Event pages to book your time slot for use. VI50SG is QRV until December's end, commemorating 50 years of this in George Amateur Radio Society in New South Wales. QSL via the Bureau. I mentioned Panama at the start of this report. Well, here's a group from that region. Special Event Stations 3F200AT, 3E200P and 3F200NG are QRV until November 30, celebrating Panama's bicentennial anniversary of independence from Spain. 
QSL route is via club logs OQRS or Relay TW. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Winningham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide, South Australia, it can be heard on 476 kHz lower sideband at 9am on Sunday mornings. I'm Steph, VK5FQ. Graham popping in again with Media Watch, advertising for a national radio additional service licence. Ofcom in the UK is inviting applications for a national radio additional service licence. Now, additional services use the spare capacity within signals carrying sound broadcasting services on certain frequencies. The current licence, held by Inrix UK Limited, uses spare capacity from the frequencies used to broadcast Classic FM and they use it to transmit traffic and road travel information to in-car navigation devices. This licence is due to expire on the 28th of February 2022. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, special interest group news with Cole, VK3GTV. Hello, and just ahead of special interest group news, a look at wireless weather. Volcanic Comet 29P erupts again. Volcanic Comet 29P schwarzmann wachmann erupted again last weekend, suddenly brightening tenfold and puffing a shell of vaporised cryomagna into space. The new shell is expanding into an older one produced by a super eruption only one month ago. Amateur astronomers are encouraged to monitor this unique object as it changes every night. Full story is at spaceweather.com. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ATV. Every pixel tells a story. tinyurl.com forward slash WIA hyphen news hyphen videos. That link is a video version of this news compiled by VK5BD Bevan. You can also find the link on the news page at wia.org.au or just search YouTube for VK5BD. Worldwide Special Interest Group's CW. The Straight Key Century Club has enrolled its 25,000th member, the Florida Island Hoppers, W4USI. The Florida Island Hoppers were granted SKCC number 25,000. SKCC was founded in 2006 to promote and preserve the art of manual keying. The idea caught on quickly, and membership has continued to grow to include members in Europe, Oceania and Asia, as well as the US. SKCC members can earn various awards and participate in sprints using manual devices such as straight keys, bugs and sideswipers. The club also supports new and returning CW operators, and its overarching philosophy is to always be considerate of the other operator's speed and skill and to adjust sending accordingly. Membership of the SKCC is free and open to operators of all skill levels. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital The WSJT development team has announced the general availability release of WSJT-X version 2.5.1, This release mainly contains improvements and defect repairs related to Q65 and JT65 modes when used with non-standard and compound calls. 
Also included is a new feature for microwave aircraft scatter and repairs for defects detected since the 2.5.0 release. Just type WSJT-X into your favourite search engine. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier, or is it Final Final? Failed Russian satellite crashes back to Earth over the United States and Canada. The spacecraft didn't make it into orbit and went out in a blaze of glory instead. A fireball that blazed a slow trail across the skies above Michigan and other nearby states and provinces Tuesday night wasn't a meteor, but instead a spacecraft making an unexpected homecoming. Dozens of photos, videos and eyewitness reports came pouring into the American Meteor Society from the Great Lakes region and as far south as Tennessee. Astronomer Jonathan McDowell, a leading observer of satellites and other orbital spacecraft, was quick to note on Twitter that the sightings corresponded very closely to the exact predicted time Cosmos 2551 passed over the region. Cosmos 2551 was a Russian reconnaissance satellite that launched on September 9th, but didn't make it into orbit. Videos captured from across the region show a fireball working its way across the evening sky for nearly a minute. This, in one hint that the fiery object likely was not natural, as meteors are typically much smaller and can move faster, allowing them to burn up quick. A bulky satellite, on the other hand, can take longer to disintegrate and meets more resistance as it re-enters the atmosphere, leading to a more prolonged burn. Although the images appear to show the artificial satellite edging ever closer to the ground as it makes a run for the horizon, McDowell clarified that it was actually being observed at an altitude of about 64 kilometres. The fireball isn't the only one to have been seen this week. The Orionids reached a peak Thursday morning, and fireballs from that meteor shower may continue to light up the skies throughout the weekend. Worldwide Special Interest Group's IOTA. Miguel, EA-1BP will be active as FM slash EA-1BP from Martinique. IOTA reference NA-107 from the 27th of October to the 5th of November, including an entry in the CQWWDXSSB contest as Tango Oscar 7 Oscar, QSL via his home call. The logs will be uploaded to Logbook of the World and Club Log. Tony, EA5RM and a large multinational team will be active as HD8R from San Cristobal, Galapagos Islands, SA004 from the 26th of October to the 7th of November. They'll operate CW, SSB and FT8 on the 6 through to 160 metre bands plus RITI on 20 metres, with at least four stations on air simultaneously. QSL via EA5RM. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Amateur Old Timers. And you all know who's joining us now. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6CSW, reminding you that tomorrow is the first Monday of the month, time for the Radio Amateur's Old Timers Club of Australia's November Bulletin to go to air. Following the club news, we have two articles for you. The first one is about Michael Faraday, the scientist who gave us units of capacitance, plus many other things, read by Ian VK3JS. The second is another trip down memory lane, remembering Windows 1.0, read by Bruce VK3UV. Everyone, RAOTC members and non-members alike, is most welcome to listen to the program and to join the callbacks afterwards. 
Full details of all transmission times and modes can be found on the RAOTC website at www.raotc.org.au or just Google RAOTC Broadcasts. If none of the transmission times suit you, you can download the audio file at any time from today from the website. If you listen this way, brief feedback would be appreciated. Members and friends of the RAOTC in Perth are reminded that the next lunchtime meeting is at the Bayswater Hotel on Tuesday, November the 9th. All are welcome. Once again, tune in tomorrow for the November RAOTC Bulletin. Enjoy the programme and please join in the callbacks afterwards. 7-3 from Clive, VK6CSW. Thanks, Clive. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Rescue Radio. NBN Co. is calling on Australians to put safety measures in place this disaster season to follow some simple tips to help maintain communications during emergency and disaster events. It's backing this up with a rollout of emergency equipment Australia-wide ready for emergencies across the country this summer. Critical comms say this season's recovery efforts will be boosted by the addition of 58 new pieces of temporary infrastructure including multi-technology trailers, network on wheels, wireless mast trailers and hybrid power cubes, which will be stationed in different locations across the country for potential deployment if needed. For WIA National News, I'm Cole, VK3GTV. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au Well, I told you you'd only need a small cup of coffee to get through this week's news. So, cups down, pencils up. Here's what's happening on the social scene right across Australia. One item. That's right, there's only one thing left of note here in VK for the ham radio community, and that's at Rosebud, and it happens in about 14 days' time, November 14, it's Rosebud Radio Fest by Spark, 9.30am. So now, until next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. On behalf of the team, walk softly. From Australia, this has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.